Throughout life, there are things that we hear from people, and, and some register in a certain way. Well, one of the things that my father always taught me was, you don't need to know everything. At, at what point in your life did you recognize, I don't know everything? Matter of fact, I don't know a whole lot. You, you, don't, you don't need to know everything, but he attached to that, but you need to know who knows. I, I've lived by that as a principle in life. I don't need to know everything, but I need to know who knows. It's a problem when we think we know something that we don't know. So I remember when our boys were young, and once we moved here, I'm like, what am I going to do for them to have haircuts? I said, well, I'm not going to take them to New York for haircuts. At that time, the amount of barbershops that we have here weren't the same. They were little. They couldn't complain. I bought some professional clippers, and I practiced on their heads until the haircuts came out nice. I don't know how much haircuts cost. I know this. I don't pay for haircuts for obvious reasons. And they don't pay for haircuts. I remember my oldest son going off to college and needed a haircut. We weren't there. And uh, went to the barbershop and got all kind of razor bumps and all that stuff. I was like, that's what you get for cheating on your barber. I learned how to do that. But there's times when they needed to go to the doctor. And, you know, uh, my wife's family, who's Latino, is like, rub some Vicks on it. <laughs> but black folks is like, take some Robitussin. <laughs> no, sometimes you have to go to the doctor. So, so, so I need to not know everything but know who knows. Th this morning, the title of the message is, How Smart Are You Really? We're going to find ourselves in Proverbs chapter 3. I'll be reading out of the ESV this morning. Again, we're in Proverbs chapter 3, and we're going to start reading at verse 5 down to verse 8. So would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? Proverbs 3, starting at verse 5, says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Be not wise. In your own eyes, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be a healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Father God, we, we come to you this day in, in confidence because you are from everlasting to everlasting, O oh God. You are our refuge, you are a security for your people. 
You are our comfort and our shield. You are our sole provider who has kept us and preserved us. We acknowledge our frailties, O Lord. We acknowledge our sinfulness, our overwhelming need for mercy. We don't need, we don't deserve, Lord, your fresh grace. We lean on your past kindness and your future promises as we come to you this day for our daily need, asking you to shower us once again with your goodness. And our request is made through the precious blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. And the church said, amen. You may be seated. Solomon spoke these words to his son. And, and the chapter begins with, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Solomon is the one who wrote the Proverbs. And in Proverbs chapter 1, he stated what the benefit of wisdom is. It says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealings, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and let the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. And then he says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, so our text starts out with Solomon saying to his son, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. Rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. How is, how is trust established? It, trust is the basis of all relationships. And it, it's established through a track record. Uh, from you having experience with another, and, and through those experiences, you learn, I can trust in this. The Hebrew word for trust is to, to lie down on. So when it's saying here, trust in the Lord and lean not, is because the Hebrew word means to lie down on, to put your entire weight on something. And, and, and that's why it's clear, uh, trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. Do not depend on your own understanding. Do not depend on your own insight. 
trust the Lord completely, and he will sustain you. Your understanding won't support you very long. How can we tell if we are trusting in the Lord? We, we can tell quite easily. Ask yourself, what is the source that I turn to when things go awry in my life? What, what is the first thing uh, that comes to mind when a situation presents itself? Uh, I'm going to figure this out. Uh, let me call a friend. Or, or do you take it immediately to the Lord? The text says, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. A acknowledge him. Acknowledge him how? For who he is. We just sang about who the Lord is. Acknowledging him because of who he is, that you would submit to him, that you would go forego your will for his will in all your ways. We are to know the Lord. We are to acknowledge him. We are to recognize him for who he is. There's a show called Undercover Boss. And basically, what happens in this show is the boss will put on a disguise and go to his company employee somewhere as a customer and see how they behave. And at times, they are rewarded because these are the exact people that I want to work in this company. And other times, people need to get fired. Uh, times when, when my wife and I have gone to uh, an establishment and are treated um, less than favorable, we often say, if we had this kind of business, we'd send agents in that will go and get whatever service that you have to offer, kind of like undercover boss they don't recognize who the boss is, but acknowledging the Lord is, is, is so much deeper. Because when we're speaking about acknowledging who God is, what we're speaking of is acknowledge him in all his glory, in, 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 in his wisdom, in his faithfulness, in his kindness, in his power, in his long-suffering, all these things that we've learned to know about who God is. And he will make your paths straight. He will remove obstacles that block your way. We are sojourners. Uh, we are travelers moving on a destination. We are all headed somewhere. We are on a road. We're on a path. The Bible uses that example for us all the time. And one day we will complete our journey. We're going to end up somewhere. And, and the question becomes, what path are you traveling on? Are you veering off course? Do you need course correction.
In Proverbs 4, it says, ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. In other words, consider the direction you're going in. Don't just move around haphazardly. Often what we do is we respond to what's in front of us and, and move in these different directions without a sure course ahead of us. Psalms 25 says, Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Again, we don't know the way to go. And in Psalm 16, it says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. But the Bible also speaks of those that are going off. So, so for some, in Jeremiah Chapter 6, verse 16, it says, Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look, and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is, and walk on it and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk it. If that's the case, you are setting yourself up for disaster. These paths that we are to walk is to keep us from ambushing ourselves. Proverbs 1, starting at verse 20, says, Wisdom cries aloud in the streets. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoff and fools hate knowledge? If you turn, at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you because I've called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof. I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you, when terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish comes upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligent, but will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by the turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. But... Whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. I want you to listen to this. This is, this is very important. 
It has been said that true wisdom consists of tracing efforts to their cause. L let me say this again. True wisdom consists of tracing efforts to their cause. In other words, you need to apply the correct reason for your circumstance. That sounds like, yeah, that's what I do. I talk to people every single day, and they will blame everything else in the world for their circumstances instead of looking inward. That text that we just read, no, God is speaking. Wisdom is crying out. But those that refuse to hear end up in circumstances. And they turn around, get mad at God, get mad at others, are upset about their circumstance, but never rightly apply why they are in the situation they're in. We all are guilty of that. Some people do that with their whole life, and some people do that in certain areas. We need to watch that. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil with reverent awe and obedience. How do I obtain wisdom? The starting point of attaining wisdom is the fear of the Lord. You, you can pick up earthly wisdom, and, and there is some benefit to that, but true wisdom, the starting point is the fear of the Lord. The, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. There is a difference between the fear of the Lord for a believer and the fear of the Lord for an unbeliever. It's not actually the same thing. For the unbeliever, there is a fear, as well as there should be, that they will experience the full wrath of God. The word fear can be translated terror, or respect, or reverence, or awe, ah, sorry, that was the Brooklyn kicking in. When you're in the company of a person of greatness. So when we're speaking about God, it means all of those things. I read an article, and part of it said this, the link between the fear of God and wisdom means we cannot possess wisdom if we recreate God in our own image. Too many people want to tame God into a non-threatening nobody. 
But if we redefine the Lord as a God that makes us feel comfortable, a permissive buddy who exists simply to bless us and to give us what we want, we will not fear him in the way he deserves to be feared. The, the article went on to say this, the Lord God Almighty is far greater than that. And the fear of the Lord begins when we see him in his majesty and his power. When the reality of God's true nature has caused us to fall down and worship, we are then in the right position to gain wisdom. Wisdom is merely seeing life from God's perspective and responding accordingly. Our respect for God's majesty causes us to honor him. Our gratitude for his mercy causes us to serve him well in the understanding that God, that our God of love is also a God of wrath. Inspires enough fear to help us stay away from evil. Sin is foolish. Righteousness is wise. When we live righteously, we are on the path to wisdom. And everyone in our lives, everyone in our lives benefits from it. The first part of the verse says, be not wise in your own eyes. Isaiah said, woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. Woe means woe. What woe is defined as a divine pronouncement of judgment from God. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Don't be impressed with what you know. This is coming from a person. Remember who wrote this. This is coming from a person that God gave supernatural wisdom to. This is Solomon speaking. It was imparted to Solomon this wisdom. Uh, for us to obtain wisdom... We, we work for it. Well, some of us work for it because it's been said that some are wise and, and some are otherwise. This is the wisdom of Solomon. It says in 1 Kings chapter 4, starting at verse 29, and God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure and breath of mind, like the sands on the seashore, so that Solomon's wisdom surpassed all the wisdom of the people of the east and the wisdom of Egypt. And he was wiser than all these men that were named. And then it says his fame was in all the surrounding nations. He also spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. He spoke of trees from the cedar that is in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the wall. He spoke also of beasts and of birds and of reptiles and of fish. And people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon and from all the kings of the earth who heard of his wisdom. So now compare Solomon's wisdom and understanding 
to yours. There was a show on TV called, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? And a whole lot of people were not smarter than those fifth graders. There's a certain point, even with my daughter, that I can't help her with her husband. Call your brothers. Home, home. <laughs> okay, see? Am I smarter than a fifth grader? Be not wise in your own eyes, and do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. In all your ways, acknowledge him. The, the issue is, as believers, we obey sometimes. The issue is, as believers, we obey uh, when it comes to some things. Uh, we must continually regard God's precepts. Life has no practice days. I used to tell my kids that all the time. Life has no practice days. There's no such thing as a do-over in life. There's no such thing as a mulligan. A, a, a mulligan is when you play golf and, and you're teeing the ball up and you hit the ball and it goes out of bounds... And, and, and the person playing with you say, uh, I'll give you a mulligan. In other words, we won't count that. So in golf, the higher the number, the worse you are. So having 100 is not good. When you hit the ball off the tee, out of bounds, there's a penalty of stroke and distance. In other words, you need to go back to the starting point and go again, and you've just assessed a penalty to your score for hitting the ball out of bounds. There's no mulligans in life. There's no practice days and there's no do-overs. We, we need to know God's law. We, we cannot rely on our own understanding. We need to know God's law. And in the beginning, Solomon said to his son, don't forget. Well, first off, you can't forget something you never knew. So, so it starts with knowing. But it's not only in the knowing. And we must know because, because life is coming at you. And there's going to be occasion to use it. And you can't use what you don't have. But um, it's more than just knowing. Uh, knowing is the first part. Your heart has to be in line with what your head knows. Like, we, we know stuff, and we'll make choices not to apply what we know. Our will, our affections must be bent towards God's law in order for us to obey. So sometimes... To be fair, the issue is we don't know. Other times, the issue is we don't care. We, we don't care, and because we don't have a right fear of the Lord, then we find ourselves in these situations. 
Verse 8 says that when we do these things, it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. There's only one point of view that is wise, and that's God's point of view. Not only that, there are conditions we must obey. There is wisdom in the anticipation of consequence. There is wisdom in the anticipation of consequence. What that means is, uh, when I said sometimes we don't know and sometimes we don't care, when we don't care, we're not anticipating the consequence. That's not using wisdom. Consequence is not a bad word. Consequence is the just reward for what you've done. That, that, that could be good and, and that could be bad because our mind is so bent on going wrong at times. As soon as we hear consequence, we think about paying a messed up price. That's not, that's not so. Listen to the text again, broken down a little differently. Do this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do this. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Do this. Fear the Lord. Do this. Turn away from evil. Don't do this. Lean on your own understanding. Don't do this. Be wise in your own eyes. And if you do this and you don't do this, this is the result. You will make straight your paths. He will make straight your paths. This is the result, healing to your flesh. This is the result, refreshment to your bones. So, so often we take our freedoms in Christ to mean I could do what I want and God's going to work it out. How many times has that actually worked out for you? God, God is a loving God. Oh, we are God's children, those that have accepted Christ. But those of us that have children know that when the kids mess up, there's a consequence to pay. We're going to talk about that next week. Uh, we know that we can have children that we say to them, go to your room because if you stand in front of me right now, well, well God uh, is perfect even the way he applies discipline, even the way our consequence come about actually often we don't receive everything we deserve and thank God for that. But in your freedoms, don't miss, do this, and don't do that, and these will be the results.
Because it will be. You can come up, worship team. Says he will make straight your paths. He will give healing to your flesh. Your, your refreshment will come from staying under God's umbrella of protection. How do you turn away from evil? The text says, turn away from evil. How do you turn away from evil when evil is generated from within? No, 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 it's not that evil that's like out there that we, it's, it's, it's what's going on in, in here. How do I acknowledge someone that I don't know? How do I, I trust someone that I can't see? You can acknowledge the truth that you heard in the word this day. You, you, you can identify with something going on inside your heart that other words haven't landed that way. You can trust that you have an advocate, a champion, a one that is pleading your case. And don't get it twisted. He's not pleading your case on your merits. Because if he laid out your case, he'd be the prosecutor and not the defendant. Being a, like, what do, you, what do you, don't lay out that case because you're guilty. Because we all are. But he paid a penalty. He, he paid our penalty. He paid the death penalty. This was not going to be some small fine that you were going to incur. This is not going to be a couple of years and then you get back out. No, the wages of sin... It's death. He paid that price. And he paid that price at the cross. And he calls. And he calls. And he calls. Will you answer the call of the free gift of grace? Payment paid in full. In exchange for a life with him. Victory over death. Victory over sin. Victory over the devil. And as a down payment, he fills you with his Holy Spirit to dwell with you, to dwell in you, you become his temple. And that Holy Spirit guides you. And that Holy Spirit strengthens you. And the Holy Spirit comforts you. The old man made new 
gives an assurance of his grace that never runs out. We all need that. And we need to keep hearing of the gospel. No one's promised tomorrow. We've all veered off the road. But because of God's grace and mercy, he meets us on that very road. Right where we are. And he beckons us to come. To repent. To accept his free gift of grace. Would you stand, family? Father, we pray for that soul, Lord. that today has put their trust in a God that they have not seen. But they've recognized because you've opened their eyes that you've been there all along. That you've been loving them. And they didn't even acknowledge you for it. That you've kept them, Lord. We ask, Father, that you would surround them with a loving church, the people that would disciple and speak into their lives, that you would give them an understanding as they open your word, Lord. And we pray, Father, for all of us. First, we come to you with a repentant heart, recognizing how often we allow distractions and obstacles to get in the way. We have everything we need as believers for life and godliness. We ask, Father, that you would help us to seek your face, not to lean on our own understanding that cannot hold us. The weight's too heavy, but not for you, O oh Lord. Help us to seek your face in all things, Lord, that we would open your word and rightly divide the word of truth, that you would give us discernment that when we say, well, God has impressed this on my heart, that it lines up with your very word. You do not contradict yourself, Lord. That like the scripture that Brittany read, in these last days, you've given us Christ Jesus. Like the song that the worship team says, 
Your word has a name, and it's Jesus. Lord, we thank you for course correction. We thank you for your loving hand. We thank you for the confidence that we can have in you, that the good work that you started in each and every one of your people, that you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which has been kept secret for long ages past, but now is manifest by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandments of the eternal God, has been made known to all the nations, leading to obedience of faith, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever and ever. Amen.